football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reeves. Ah, yes, we are back in, loaded up and ready to go with another edition of the only digital show that loves to focus on those little guys. The guy's not given much credit. Most of the time, the road team, the underdog, whether it be college football, which we put to bed, whether it be the National Football League, it's divisional round of the playoffs, college basketball as well, all the way through March. It is Three Dog Thursday. We should make mention that we are in podcast form only now for the remainder of the run here of the NFL playoffs and the uh, the upcoming NCAA basketball tournament all the way through the Final Four in Houston. The TV version from BetUS TV will be back this fall. It's on hiatus for the moment. I am the somewhat capable host, and I've enlisted help. And speaking of BetUS, this man is gracious to come on with me because he gets his fill of me anyway on BetUS TV. Hello, Mr. Brad Thomas. Uh, based not far from me in Central Florida and Orlando as I come this way in the Tampa Bay area. Good to be with you. Uh, We're going to go over some underdogs and a lot more. And maybe this is group therapy because you're a Buccaneer guy. You know I'm a (laughs) Buccaneer guy as part of the Buccaneer broadcast. And two or three days later, we still ain't figured out why it's the Cowboys and not the Bucks in the divisional round. Brad Thomas, how are you? I am good. It was the the worst pain I've ever had having to take down my Buccaneers flag. I took it down. I'm going to probably put up something, maybe the Penguins flag or something for the remainder of the hockey season. But man, I'll tell you, it was bad too, because I watched, I was, I had plans to watch it, you know, go out, watch it, grab wings. Then my fiance was sick. So I was like, you know what? We'll watch it together. I'll take care of you. She fell asleep. Wait, so I'm just wait. in agony. She was sick before the game, and then you were sick during and after yes, the game. You were both we were, sick. We, we were not a power couple. And I was in agony by myself because she was asleep by halftime. And I'm just, oh. I'm just like, man, there's just so many pivotal moments. Like not going for it on fourth down, uh, fourth and three. I get it. But you know that Dallas is hot. You have to try to get points before the half's up. Not maybe we stop and they don't score anymore. Like I understand the logic. But you, like from a coaching, I mean, from a fan perspective, we want everyone wants you to go for that. Wants you to show your team that you believe in the offense, even though they struggled, that could ignite them. But nope, we didn't. And it was so sad. It was sad. And we don't know. Maybe it's the end for Tom Brady. Maybe he's back. Is he back with the Buccaneers? We'll see. I keep saying this, Brad Thomas. I mean, obviously, I was part from the radio standpoint of the Super Bowl win two years ago. You then won 13 games last year, won the division, won a playoff game. This was bonus. 2022 wasn't really supposed to be reality when this all started. We should not be so greedy to think this should have been a great third year, 45 years of age, Tom Brady. Much less entertaining that he's going to play four more years after New England and be 46 years old and play at a high level. Just say something about that real quick. That's ridiculous to contemplate, yes? I I think that it, 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 we were up against the wall. Like we got our Super Bowl. We should have been happy with that. And I, I, I forever will think that Tom Brady, you know, there were moments when he looked like a 45 year old quarterback. And I don't know if that was, you know, Byron Leftwich not making his life easy or the wide receivers not buying into the route trees that they were being called what it was, but simple out routes at times were looking kind of difficult for Tom, especially like that, that, that interception he threw in the back of the end zone, like, 
I don't know what he was thinking. He obviously was trying to throw it away, didn't throw away deep enough, like just small things. Age has made Tom Brady look human. So I think that we got we got our fair share of of greatness. Winning a Super Bowl, me being able to to go to a Buccaneers playoff game and we route somebody. I couldn't I can't I haven't been able to say that because you know I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't old enough really to experience the Super Bowl when right. we won it the first time. So, you know, I always my, my best friend is a is a Patriots fan. And every year for years, I had to go to his party, his Super Bowl party. I got to have my own Super Bowl party. So go. I'm grateful for Tom Brady. But I think our expectations as Bucks fans might have been a little bit too high. Um, he is 45 years old. Like I, even if he, he comes back next year or plays for another team, like how many people are expecting a 46-year-old quarterback to lead them to a Super Bowl? Like realistically. Sure. I think it's a very valid point. I love Brad Thomas's insight. And again, you'll catch Brad as we release on Three Dog Thursday with the podcast. He will be on later Thursday, the live Bet US NFL show talking divisional round. So you may hear some similar conversation on that show. Although on that show, you can take favorites, you can take totals, the whole bit. We're all about the underdog. You also catch Brad on NBC Sports and NBC Sports.com coverage uh, with the betting NBC Sports bet. Uh, as well as uh, goldboys.com, goldboys.com as well with all of his picks. Love this man's insight. So thank you for finding both of us on Three Dog Thursday. We are going to get into the divisional round. Why don't we just begin with the NFC? So how much of a believer, let's go all the way to Sunday in the final game of the four. How much of a believer are we now in the Cowboys in that the the Buccaneers empowered them some? Dak Prescott, Brad, at field level was on target. I know he had all day to throw, yeah. but he was uh he was good. He he was he was 0 for 3 to start the game. He yeah. then completed 25 of his next 30 passes in the game. How much do we now believe in the Cowboys? I'm not saying you have to take them in San Francisco for Three Dog Thursday purposes, but how much more do we believe in them? I don't think I believe them that much more. Um, I don't think I was – I don't think I, I, I gained that much confidence in their performance. Like, they played well. You know, but there were so many situations in that game, like the CeeDee Lamb touchdown, blown assignments, or Tom Brady holding the ball too long, or, or missing missing out routes that would have been easy move, uh, chain movers. There's so many situations in that game where I kind of felt like Tampa didn't show up. There was no sense of urgency, and Dallas capitalized on that. The, the easiest thing for a defense who has a great pass rusher, especially like, like Michael Parsons, is you have a team who's ill-prepared to stop him. And one thing that we know the 49ers are going to do is they're going to be prepared to stop Micah Parsons. Why? Because they get to see that same rush in practice every single time they line up and they scrim together. Mm-hmm. I, I I I do fear for, for the Cowboys here. Um, you know, Dak didn't throw a pick against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he was never really under fire, never really had to make those decisions. Um, he's going to have to going up against guys like Ward. Like Ward is a ball hawk. For the mm-hmm. 49ers, and I, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be interested. Like, there's no way that you're gonna see this 49ers defense allow Dalton Schultz to carve them up. Like, we, we, we understand who Dalton Schultz is. Dalton Schultz is, you know, the four receptions a game guy. Maybe you get a touchdown, 45 yards, and a touchdown. You know, we turn Dalton Schultz into Gronkowski, and, and I just think that the game planning is gonna be a little bit different. And, Shades of Jay Novacek in Cowboy oh, lore for yes. Troy Aikman. Yes, there yes. we go on the way back. Yes, there we go. And like the last thing I want to say about the Cowboys is it's always easy for your offense to score when you're always, when the defense is always on the field, the 49ers are going to sustain drives. They're going to put up points, which means that offense is not going to be going against a tired defense the entire game. Um, I, I actually do like the 
49ers. Um, I saw the line come down to three and it instantly ballooned back up to four. I'd probably still take the 49ers at this point. Um, just better defense. And I, I just think schematically, offensively, they, they, they're they second to none in the NFL. And they haven't been losing. I mean, they've won 11 games in a row. And so yep. neither one of you, uh, neither one of you and me is going to back the Dallas Cowboys in this instance. And again, the Cowboys have now won a road playoff game for the first time in 30 years. The last time they did win it, the anniversary, I believe, is today. I think it's today on the day that we're taping the podcast. The Jimmy Johnson, Troy Aikman, how about them Cowboys in the locker room at Candlestick Park when they beat Steve Young, Jerry Rice, and the 49ers. Uh, That's the last road playoff win 30 years moving forward until Monday night. I just, I don't see it in San Francisco. Brock Purdy has played well enough. You mentioned the 49er defense with Nick Bosa on the pass rush, but Purdy with the mobility, uh, with Christian McCaffrey to run it and catch it some, Debo Samuel an X-Factor, and just real quick, and we're going to move off this game, they beat him head-to-head a year ago. I know Garoppolo was the quarterback, but they beat Dak Prescott and the Cowboys a year ago, Brad, as you know, in the playoffs in AT&T Stadium. I think everything points to San Francisco being in the NFC Championship game. No, I agree. And I, I, this game's going to be a fun game to bet uh, player props because everyone, I know this, we're talking about dogs, but this is so funny. Like when it gets to the playoffs, everyone wants to bet player props. Guys who've never bet yeah. player props all season. And all they do is take overs. There are going to be so many unders. I'm just going to be like licking my lips, betting all of these <laughs> unders. It happens in college football. It happens, it happens in the pros. This is one of those games where you have Two pretty stout defenses in terms of of up front, where you'll be able to you know get some running back unders, you'll be able to get some some uh, some tight end unders. Um, but one overall probably play is Christian McCaffrey longest rush. I'm sure they'll set it at twelve and a half uh, just to make me mad because I want it to be eleven and a half, but I'll still take it. So McCaffrey again has been such a a big time factor for them even in the past game. I'm just looking real quick on the bet. U.S. line, his total rushing yards, the over-under is 65 and a half. That's yep. interesting. Uh, total receiving yards, 35 and a half. I might be interested in that as well, just for some props, just for some things to look at for some individual player stuff. And again, go to Bet U.S. and you can find more of those. Let's stick with it. Again, you and I are, I already know what Brad's liking and what I'm liking. You and I are not on the Giants Saturday night divisional round game for Three Dog Thursday purposes. I had the Giants a week ago on Three Dog Thursday. Out of all of the six matchups, I said New York's got the best chance not only to cover, but win the game as the underdog, and they did just that. Tell me what you saw out of Brian Dable's team, out of Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, an opportunistic defense, and can they hang in with an Eagles team off the bye, Brad Thomas? I was, uh, as a better sports better, I don't know why I was so dumb. I had Giants plus nine and a half. And I, then I was like, okay, well, I might as well parlay Vikings money line so I'll get plus money. But when I wanted the Giants the entire time, I'm like watching the game. So I'm just like trying to live bet, but there's no live bet to get myself out of there. What I saw out of the Giants team was a well-coached team. And We've talked about this on Three Dog Thursday. We've talked about this on the NFL show, that if you look at the Giants' numbers, you look at their metrics, you're not going to see anything that jumps off the page, right? Like they're 29th in defensive DVOA. They're 22nd in DVOA against the pass. They're 32nd in rush DVOA. Then we move over to the offense. I'm not going to go through the numbers, but I mean, what, they're 10th? But they play like a team. They were like near the bottom all year in explosive plays. Near the bottom in like pass plays 20 yards or more. I mean, it was. Exactly. And yet they just kept winning. Ham and egg it. They kept winning. Score in the red zone. Opportunistic turnovers. 
Yeah. Found ways to win. So we bring it to Philadelphia. How concerned are you with Philadelphia off the bye here? That that we've seen this time and again where the, the one seed off the bye, it happened to both teams last year. It happened to the Titans last year, and it happened to Green Bay. They both got beat at home in the divisional round as the one seed. Is that that big of a factor? What do you think? I I think it's scary. Um, you always want to get those first those first game jitters out. Like everyone's to say they want the buy to get their guys healthy. No, you want to be out there playing football, especially if you're the underdog. Like you want you want to go in there as the Giants with momentum. Like everyone in the world was thinking the Vikings, not everyone in the world, but the, the Vegas was thinking the Vikings were going to win this game, and. You know, Dable used that as as some some motivation, some locker room material, some bulletin sure. board material. Now the Giants get to play an Eagles team who they were eating what was it stuffed crust pizza? <laughs> we heard Siriana talk about it like they were <laughs> relaxing. They, if if for one second the Eagles don't come out firing and have that drive, they could be in trouble. And most importantly, for three dog Thursday purposes, they could be in trouble of not covering the spread. Yes. I mean, I, I'm looking at that line. It's attractive. I'm not going there. I just I know this. Uh, the Eagles are 15 and four straight up in the last 19 meetings with the Giants. So they've had success in yep. the last three meetings. Two of them have been wins by 20 or more. The the one at the end of the regular season doesn't really matter in Week 18 because the Giants weren't playing starters. But just be careful. But the uh, the Giants may keep this close. Uh, somewhere in and around that seven and a half number. That's a large number for the Eagles at home Saturday night. Three Dog Thursday continuing here with Brad Thomas. I love Brad's insight from the Bet US coverage of the NFL. Also big with the round ball, the football, the round ball, the soccer. Yeah. Love him with that. And I will even uh, hit him up for a little college basketball on Thursday as well as we release on Thursday. Brad, gracious to be with me here on the audio pod. All right, AFC Saturday. Let's go to that one. Uh, right away where Kansas City beat Jacksonville in the regular season. Here we go again. Jacksonville, the amazing comeback about three hours north of you and me, about two hours north of you in North Florida. The amazing comeback over the Chargers. So they've played a game. Kansas City's not played a game. We got a double-digit line here or right at it. I'm staying away from the Jags because Mahomes at home has been money, especially in the postseason. Uh, if Jacksonville's going to hang in, let's put it this way. What's in the What's in the mix? Give me an ingredient. Give me two ingredients. If Jacksonville's going to hang in at Kansas City Saturday afternoon, they have to run the ball well, um, and they have to be able to sustain drives. In that game they played against them earlier in the season, they couldn't sustain a drive. And, and they what they try to do, like in every game, is try to make mount this massive comeback. I remember that game. Uh, what was the spread? Five and a half, I believe, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. And I said they're going to lose by double digits because it was a middle-of-the-day game that no one cared about. That's when you get whooped, is, is in a game where there's no sense of urgency, no one's really watching you on the television, you kind of lack luster. I think Jacksonville is in for an uphill battle because I'm not too sure they're going to be able to run the ball that effectively. And then if Jacksonville want to try to get in a, a, a shootout, I don't think they're that equipped to get in a shootout with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, they're that equipped to get in the shootout with the Brandon's daily led Chargers, but not the Chiefs. Uh, and again, in the previous matchup, for whatever it's worth, Kansas City led the game 27-10 fourth quarter. Jacksonville scored a touchdown in the final minute to dress it up at 27-17. Yep. Interesting number or two uh, in this one. Um, the Chiefs have been so good at home 
winning, but not as great against the number, just three and five against the number at home, despite a seven and one regular season at home. Um, a couple of other things, Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Now in the divisional round, Mahomes is four and oh, in the divisional round three and one against the number Trevor Lawrence has obviously only played one playoff game as a second year quarterback. It was last week. They won it. Uh, okay, so there's a little bit on that one. The one that you and I love for Three Dog Thursday purposes is Cincinnati Buffalo. And yes. again, there's so many subplots for this game. The awful circumstances of DeMar Hamlin's collapse, his cardiac arrest, it it robbed us. And this is obviously secondary, distant. It didn't matter. But it robbed us of what was going to be a great regular season game that never got finished. It was being played in the first quarter. It never got finished. All right, so now you fast forward. They both win a game last week. They're now playing. They're now playing in Buffalo, not in Cincinnati, where the regular season game would have been. You and I are in lockstep that if there's one underdog we really like, it's the Bengals. Why are you on them for three-dog Thursday purposes? You know, you talk about turnovers. You talk about keeping your your team on the field. You talk about not getting in negative game scripts. The Bengals do all of those very well, and the Bills do not. The Bills, yeah, they don't get negative game scripts early, but what they do is they are terrible at turning the ball over. Ever since Josh Allen hurt his elbow, it's like he makes these decisions that maybe he's not 100%. Like by trying to fit it in the tight pockets, that could just be his bravado where he just thinks he can make every throw on the field. And it, it really became magnified when we were when he was under the microscope, when he got hurt. And I think that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to exploit that. And why they're going to exploit that and how they're going to exploit that is they're going to get pressure on the quarterback. It's it's life's easy when you're not getting, you know, that pass rush is not in your face. What are you going to do when you have your guy in tight coverage and the pass rush is, is all over you? It's a tough, it's a tough life that the Bills are going to be in. And another thing I think that's going to be tough, and I talked about this for the Ravens. Uh, when they play against the Bengals, is the Bengals' run defense is really good, really underrated. The Bills, yeah, James Cook running well, Singletary running well. I think the Bills are going to struggle to run the ball. This is going to be one of those games where we could see fireworks in the passing game. And, I mean, if this is crazy. I would have never said this before the season started. But if I were to think about a quarterback that I'd want to lead my team to a Super Bowl right now, I'd have to pick Joe Burrow over, <laughs> over Josh Allen because Joe Burrow is more safe with the ball. And I think that the Bengals have more deadly weapons in the wide receivers. All right, I want to pick up on that point here as Brad Thomas is uh, pontificating on the Bengals' chances with the Bills. He's with me on Three Dog Thursday. You see Brad on BetUS TV and their platforms, also NBCSports.com and their platforms as well. Love his handicapping. We're doing the underdog thing. I saw the Bengals at field level, as you know, against the B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S, Go Bucks. And uh, I was made a believer in that third quarter where they flipped around a 17 to three game and scored 24 unanswered points on the Bucks. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. It's it's no joke uh, with those big receivers. Buffalo turning the ball over last week concerned me. I don't know that the Bengals win this, but I think it's close. They won close playoff game after close playoff game. Heck, last week was a close playoff game because Huntley's trying to go up and over for a go-ahead touchdown in the final minutes and get stripped, and it's a 14-point swing, as you know, Brad, with Hubbard's fumble return, 98 yards the other way. That was a close game. Um, I just I like them to hang in. I don't know that they win it, but five or five and a half is too much. Bengals are uh, under Joe Burrow four and one now in the playoffs. 
And all four of them are obviously covers. They did cover last week with the fumble return to help them get the win. Um, all right. So, and again, Buffalo is believed to be the team uh, maybe of destiny with the Hamlin thing, with the fact that they got beat in such a dramatic fashion in this divisional round last year by Kansas City in the final seconds yep. of regulation and in the overtime. Uh, it will it will be amped obviously at uh, at at Orchard Park, but I think that Cincinnati hangs in and has a chance to win this game. So I'm going to take the five and a half with you. A couple of other numbers, by the way, Buffalo was only four and four against the spread at home in the regular season. Obviously, they did not cover in the game last week with Miami in the wild card game. Uh, what will that translate into? And uh, Buffalo four and three in the playoffs with Josh Allen. Uh, overall, uh, yep. Josh Allen also just two and three against the number in the postseason as the quarterback of the Bills. Will they turn it over, Buffalo? We're gonna we're gonna find out. Final thought on uh, anything else from the football this weekend? Yeah. Any anything else, Brad Thomas? I just want to give one more thought to this Buffalo Bills game. Um, funny stat, you know. I wish Parker was here to kind of laugh at this stat. There's seven teams. In the NFL, who turned the ball over 24 or more times, the Bills turned the ball over 27 times. They are the only team of those seven that are in the playoffs. It's hard. Wow. It's very hard to outscore your opponent when you're giving the ball away. Amen. And I don't I don't think that that success, that kind of offensive success lasts throughout the entire postseason for the Bills. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty amazing that they've gotten this far with those kind of mistakes. Let's see if they can overcome them because then it sets up the crazy potential neutral site AFC title game. If Kansas City and Buffalo both win, the game is in Atlanta. Obviously, yeah. if they don't both win, whoever remains as the highest seed gets to host it. But we may be seeing un we may be seeing an unprecedented neutral field AFC title game if it is Kansas City Saturday and then Buffalo. On Sunday, just another moment or two with Brad Thomas. Hey, we love to peek ahead to the college basketball. And I know you're a college basketball guy, too. The lines are out for Thursday. We've released the podcast on Three Dog Thursday. And you and I both like the same Big Ten game. Yeah, There's like too much agreement on this show right now for <laughs> underdog purposes. You and I both like Michigan against Maryland with that opening line being three. Again, you may see a different number on Three Dog Thursday. It may move. Jawan Howard's Michigan team has been good, even at times as the road team as well. They play Maryland in a Big Ten game that is coming on Thursday uh, night. All right, Brad Thomas, give me a little more here on why you like this one for Three Dog Thursday purposes. Yeah, so we all, we always want to talk about the first matchup, right? And what Michigan did in that blowout, the first matchup, mind you, was Maryland's worst loss in showing the Big Ten, a 35-point loss. What Michigan did well was they exploit, exploited Maryland's weakness, and that's the inside. Now, Maryland is dealing with more injuries to the front court. And I got to see Hunter Dickinson play in person. And this kid plays hard. He's tough. Maryland all season, even when they've gone through their, even when they were in their winning streak, they've said they wanted to attack the inside. They want to attack the paint. But they have been pretty unsuccessful, especially against big forces in the middle. And that's what Dickinson pre presents for Michigan. He's the force in the middle. And I do think that these Maryland uh, forwards and centers are going to get into foul trouble. They're already thin. They're going to have to play younger guys when they get into foul trouble, mm -hmm. trying to stop the beast in the middle of the paint. I think the wrong team is favorite. A couple of funny things here, right? Like if you guys want to talk about stats and trends and all this, 
Maryland has lost six of their last nine games, right? They started out so great. They only have one ranked win on the season. Their wins in this little streak, their slump that they have, came against St. Peter's, UMBC. And yes, they did beat Ohio State, but we know what's going on with the Ohio State program. They're on this free fall. At one point, Ohio State was fifth in the country. Now they're falling down. This is going to be a lopsided game. I know, I know, I know it's going to be tough to play at Maryland. I get it. Neither team are particularly great against the spread. But it, when you, when your team, your Michigan fans are mad about this, that they're so one-sided. They lean on tickets so much. But when that is your strength and it's the other team's weakness, I feel like that's something that I have to lean on. I have to take the plus three. I'm also going to take the money line. How about that? And Hunter Dickinson right now averaging 18 a game, one of the leading scorers. Uh, in the Big Ten. And again, this is a Michigan team that beat Northwestern in a, a bounce-back situation, beat Northwestern on the weekend after they had lost to Iowa at Iowa. Iowa scored 93 on them and had lost a grinded-out game to the rival Michigan State in East Lansing, 59-53. I like them here. I like them as well. Yes. Uh, Kobe Bufkin uh, hit some shots in their previous game. Uh, Jed Howard, the coach's son, played well with 16 in the previous game. Give me Michigan. It's a 7 Eastern time game as you hear us on Three Dog Thursday. You may be listening to us after Thursday. Maybe Brad sounds really smart and TJ doesn't. <laughs> but you may know this result already, but it is 7 Eastern time on Thursday night. We both like Michigan. And I'm going to sneak one more in. Arizona State is a home dog with UCLA. UCLA, the top team in the Pac-12 right now. I think it's going to be jacked. On campus at Tempe, they're getting five points. Uh, Sun Devils already have some. They already beat Michigan earlier in the year. They've already won uh, a couple of other uh, games. They got a, they, they absolutely demolished Oregon last week. Mm-hmm. I like Bobby Hurley's team maybe even straight up in that game. Plus, I'm getting five points in the matchup with UCLA late night on Thursday night in a Pac-12 showdown. I like that one, Brad Thomas. I don't know if you have, if you have any thought on that before we're gone. Yeah, no. Like This is one of those situations where – if I'm going to be on Arizona State and UCLA blows out Arizona State, I'm just going to turn around and back Arizona in the comeback game where they have to travel to Arizona. It's not as far, right. but you're still back-to-back road games against two comparable teams is very tough. And we, we've seen UCLA have their moments, like that game against Colorado, where they were an astounding 0-for-17 from three-point range before they made their first three. I was watching that game. I, I did live bet UCLA because for some reason <laughs> the books were hanging the number at minus three. Thank you, sportsbooks, for that. But th- like, if they were playing a comparable team, they would have gotten beat by double digits. Right, they would have right. got sent home. They probably would have had to put their their bench players in with five minutes to go. Well, and you look at this UCLA team; it is a thirteen game win streak. They have, yeah. uh, but they've been vulnerable. They almost blew a big lead against USC. Almost, they did not. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what this looks like in the matchup with Arizona State, and then they'll come right back and play the Wildcats in Tucson. Always a knockdown, dragout game. That's an afternoon game. That's a noon yeah. local, two Eastern time game in Tucson Saturday after the late night Thursday night game at Arizona State. So there's a little college basketball underdogs. Brad Thomas, <laughs> you've been fantastic to be with me on Three Dog Thursday. Plug away again, not just Bet US. With the NFL show that we're going to yes. do, you and Chris Farley are with me. Again, you're you're going over the divisional round. You've given the, the fans a lot here, but you may be making some plays on sides of favorites, on totals, on player props. So we know that through BetUS TV. Where else can they see you and find you? Go ahead and let the audience know here on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Yeah, most importantly, you guys can find me on Twitter at Mr. Brad Thomas, but be sure to check out my work on NBCSportsEdge.com and GoldBoys.com. Both I'll be giving out picks and a little bit of analysis.
An underdog's here on Three Dog Thursday. My friend, you did a great job. I wish the Buccaneers were still alive and oh, playing this weekend yeah. in San Francisco. Not to be. The Dallas Cowboys took care of that. We'll see what happens with Tom Brady and the future. Good luck. You and I loving Cincinnati. You and yes. I loving Michigan basketball on a Three Dog Thursday. Well done, my friend. I appreciate you. I look forward to being with you on the Bet U.S. coverage as well of the NFL. Absolutely. Talk to you not too long from now. <laughs> uh, hey, this is great stuff. My thanks uh, to Brad Thomas for being with me. Again, follow, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, because Three Dog Thursday rolls on through the NFL playoffs, all the college hoops through March. you want to follow and subscribe and get us on Thursdays when we talk underdogs in the NFL and now college hoops as well. For now, we're good on Three Dog Thursday.